0: Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365.
1: Eagles fans, Eagles fans, Birds 365 is in full effect. I'm here with John McMullen, Rick Siratella from the NFL Draft Bible, and yours truly, I am, Tone DeShills II, the producer from Behind the Scenes of Jacob Sports and also Chalk It Up Sports, where no matter if we win or if we lose, we just got to charge it to the game. You guys, first things first, good morning. How are we feeling today?
2: Uh, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Look, it seems like it's night where you are, town at the ocean. It's light where <laughs> you and I are. Right? So I don't know what it is, man. Hey, I it's that know. kind of it's party. Always, yeah, it's always busy this time of year for me. So I don't know if it's day, night, whatever.
1: You know what I want to do? I want to I want to give people the different vibes of Ocean Casino. Right. You know, you can you can have fun at Ocean during the daytime. You can have fun at Ocean at nighttime. If you're into that nightlife sort of thing, you know, whatever you want to do. Ocean Casino has your vibe. So make sure you guys go check that out as well. But we have a great show for you guys. Now, I know you guys were probably expecting the Mac man. Mac man has other obligations. He's he's getting it done on the other side of things. He's doing some work for WIP. And, you know, we're going to try to hold it down for him and we're going to try not to botch this thing. But we still have the man, the myth, the legend, John McMullen. And then my the good guy from the NFL Draft Bible, the NFL savant, Rick Serratella is going to hold that hold us down. So, man, there's so many things to talk about. I think day two of training campus today, well, day two of grass time, right, John?
2: Yeah, day two of uh, open practice, we'll open say. It. Practice. They had a
1: walkthrough yesterday that
2: was closed to the media. Yeah, and that's probably the biggest story early in camp, just how little the Eagles are doing. They got 10, I think the number is 10 practices open at the Novacare complex. And it's a long way from the days of two and a half hours with Andy Reid. Uh, they went 58 minutes uh, on, on the first practice, and we'll see. And that was a high-intensity practice. That was what Nick Sirianni calls a green practice, Rick Saratella. So
3: high-intensity for 58 minutes. Bang. Get ready. I'll tell you, man. Well, you know, I, I, it's funny that you started there because I saw Sirianni's already making adjustments to the schedule. He replaced four practices with four walkthroughs. Yeah. And the reasoning was they don't. he doesn't want to have back-to-back contact practices at all. And training camp, and to me, you know, I'm more of an old school guy. I get it. You you got the new CBA, has kind of created this uh club med atmosphere. But to me, not just with the Eagles, but when I look around the league, when you replace live practices with walkthroughs and these uh, you've seen those those donut tackling dummies, yeah, that's why the tackling around the league, especially at the start of the season, is way down, right. And, and, and that's, I think, the result of these uh, lack of contact, hitting padded practices. And, you know, the other thing is, like, uh, fans don't realize guys like Johnny Mack are more valuable than ever. I mean, the, the public gets to attend one practice. Oh, thanks, guys. And now you're saying that uh, you don't even have full training camp access. Is, is, it, is it just 10 practices you'll be allowed to see? Will, you, will yeah. you see any real live practices, John, or are you just invited to the walkthroughs?
2: Well, that, that, you know, part of it is um, collectively bargain, as, as you mentioned, Rick. So the Eagles could have went 90 minutes um, on, on their first practice, and they went 58. You can't wear pads. I mean, you can't wear pads. They they push that back as well. I think it's day five, maybe, something like that. All of that is collectively bargained, uh and, and not an Eagles decision, but, you know, there are certain guys, Andy, as I brought up, uh, John Harbaugh, who, you know, grew up under Andy as a coach, those, those sort of old school guys that are going to use every single minute available to them, period, end of sentence. The Eagles have gone a different direction. Look, They claim to have these studies that say day three, they had conditioning on day one. They had to practice on day two. They say there's a spike in soft tissue injuries in day three. Nobody ever provides these studies, but they claim they have these studies and um, that's what it says. So they go to a walkthrough and you mentioned those four walkthroughs that Nick has, has put on the schedule, Rick. Yeah. Those are after high intensity practices. So at the Nova Care com- Complex, yeah, 10 practices. They are having joint practices, but they'll be in Cleveland, Berea, and uh, Miami. Um, so obviously, those would be outside of Philadelphia. Really, <laughs> I mean, the lightest summer on record in Philadelphia for the Philadelphia Eagles.
3: Whew, yeah. and yeah, yeah. You, you got to go to Miami. I think August 27th and 28th, you can catch some back-to-back practices. But I also think this is kind of a result uh, uh, or a effect from the COVID kind of NFL teams realize like, Hey, you know what? Maybe media doesn't need to come into the locker room. Maybe we can cut down their access. Maybe we could just do zoom interviews, but just going back to the practice length, like I, I, I go to training camp practices where teams spend 30 to 40 minutes just on special teams yeah. So to only have an hour long practice to me, well, Hey, let's go practice special teams for another half hour. Cause those are all guys trying to make the roster anyway. And our special teams unit stinks. Right? Yeah. Just a fair
2: point. They were yeah. outside of Jake Elliott. Um, you could argue the Eagles need improvement in every aspect. People always rip on Aaron C as the punter, but Hey, guess what? Their punt coverage was bad as well. They're, they're, Their kick return game was bad. Their their punt return game was bad. So there's room for improvement. That's sort of the hidden yardage aspect of it, Rick, in that, uh, you know, the Eagles lost that pretty consistently last year, each and every week. And that's difficult to overcome. Those are, you know, this is a team that likes to say they try to win outside the margins. That's a way to win outside the margins. Nobody ever talks about um, special teams, as you mentioned. It seems like an afterthought here, um, and that's what changed from the days I already brought up Harbaugh once. I'll bring him up again. You know, very rarely do you rise to uh, prominence as a head coach in this league with your reputation being on special teams. John Harbaugh did it. Um, Dave Bipp, uh, it was very important under Chip Kelly and, and Doug Peterson. Poor Michael Clay. Yeah, he got of those 58 minutes, last 10 were on special teams. That was it. That was it.
1: Yeah, this is a very interesting time, right? Like you guys said, the UCBA, this new culture that's building. Rick, I know you mentioned COVID, but the theme throughout what I'm hearing you guys say are analytics. You know, these these NFL teams now are leaning on analytics more than ever you know you mentioned Sirianni's new practice philosophy with the green days, yellow days, red days and you know they're even they even have guys that particip- that uh, I guess conclude these studies and essentially they're using analytics to track engage frequency of injuries and you know even Nick Sirianni said in his press conference right he indicated that we're using analytics to track the distance ran of all the position groups and I have to and I have to ask you guys. You know, of course, analytics has its place. You know, we, you know, we, we, the numbers guys need their jobs. Let's make that very clear. The numbers guys need their jobs, but at the same time, when where where's where's the line drawn? At what point do we rely on our eyes and our instincts? You know, how do you guys find that balance? Especially even you, Rick. You know, in scouting. You know, how do you guys find that balance between the eye test and analytics?
4: Well, I mean,
3: I think from an evaluation standpoint, to me, it's a guide. It's a tool. It's something else to consider. Uh, I will never, ever, ever make a decision solely on analytics. I think if you do, that's where you get hurt. Uh, The eye test, I mean, if you've been watching football, that's going to tell you whether a guy can play or not. And, you know, in terms of analytics and telling me how far a guy ran and what his heart rate is, look, you know, I played on teams. We didn't have the most talent but we were the best conditions. You you want to know what the heart rate is? You go run those guys after practice. You go run the snake drill. Go run a mile after you finish up your practice, and guess what? They'll be playing fresh in the fourth quarter just like they were in the first quarter. I don't need a computer to tell me that. That's been happening since the, the start of football. So I get it. I mean, I think analytics too, though, is so uh, susceptible to, all right, well, A.J. Brown caught 90% of the balls in his catch radius. Well, tone what your catch radius, what you think someone's catch radius is, might be different than what I think a catch radius is. If it hits your hands, that's a catch radius. But hey, if I could leap and jump, maybe somebody else thinks that's in his catch radius. So I think, you know, analytics, you got to be careful there. And the other thing I don't like is when you're making decisions in game. And I get it. You got all these stats on fourth down. Go ask Brandon Staley. (laughs) It takes away, it takes away from the ebb and flow. Like, if I'm the coach and I got a headset on, I got I got a feel for the game. If I'm a play caller, I got a feel for the game. Now all of a sudden, I'm going to go to the binder like Joe Girardi and go go find yeah. the stat of what I should do. I mean, find your not Joe. A big
2: fan. <laughs> yeah, find your <laughs> Joe, Rick. Um Yeah, I'm I'm you know, I'm more of you bring up Brandon Staley. like, you know, I I I find situations, you know, Joe Banner. The Eagles have always been at the forefront of analytics, even if you go back to pre-Howie Roseman. And Joe Banner said something that always stuck with me, and it was, you know, show me, give me something I can use, essentially, when he's talking about all this data. I don't care about the data. Like, where can I have an advantage over another team? It's what I already brought up, winning outside the margins. That's what the Eagles think they're good at. You know, bring me something that gives me an advantage over Team X, Team Y. That's what the Eagles kind of feel about analytics. There's some coaches, like you said, Rick, you know, if you're if you're at the plus 40 yard line and it's fourth and one, go for it. You know, go for it, go for it, go for it. No no sort of room for nuance or You know, if you're minus 40, punt the football, no room for nuance. To me, it comes down to, okay, who are you playing? Are they going to score 30 points? Um, Are they better than me on paper? You know, is it Tom Brady? Um, I'm going to have to score touchdowns to beat this team. Then I'm probably going to go, you know, there's nuance to it. If I'm playing a bad team, I'm probably going to back them up and say, all right, let's play this way. They're not going to they're not going to drive 90 yards on me. So I think there's a feel to it. Um, and, and, but it's very, very helpful. Um, but as far as where we started this, as far as the safety aspect. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Dr. Arsh Denote as the Eagles chief medical officer, he knows more about these things than I do. I'm not, I don't have that kind of hubris to say, I know more than him. Um, if he says that's the way to go. All right, that's the way to go from a health standpoint. But, you know, one of the things that gets lost in this game, I think, is it's a violent game. It's a physical game. You can't legislate injuries. Guys are going to get hurt. So you have this sort of give and take. Well, well, yeah, we want to keep everybody as healthy as possible, but we want to prepare because if we don't win games, we're going to lose our jobs. You know, there's a give and take there. So where's that preparation go? And a lot of people point back to last season, the Eagles blew out Atlanta in week one and said, it worked. You know, we didn't have a a high stress training camp. Everybody was healthy. We blew out a team that was probably not prepared with a rookie head coach. And they say it worked and they put a period on it. Yeah. But then you started two and five, you won, you know, one of your next six games why, why are you putting a period on it after week one? And by the way, in those first seven games, you were the most penalized team in football. You're telling me that didn't have something to do with not preparing correctly? So I kind of see both sides of that that picture.
1: Yeah, you know, absolutely. Because, you know, you brought up a key <laughs> point, right? You know, having that balance of the marriage of analytics and, and the eye test, right, your instincts, Because you have to, you have to, it's it's a balancing act, especially in in live game, you know, Ricky, you brought it up, you know, sometimes you can't just rely strictly on the numbers in the game. Sometimes you have to rely on, okay, my guys, my guys have been playing with a heart, you know, with a, with a bigger heart today compared to the other guys, you know, analytics don't measure heart, analytics don't measure, you know, uh, a guy, a guy sneezing in the middle of a play, like, you know what I mean? Just random, random acts of, you know, occurrences in games, right? Analytics can't track everything, but. Even more, analytics can't track discipline, and this Eagles team lacked a lot of discipline when the season started last year. Um, we were one of the most penalized teams, like you guys said. You know, where you because because we're practicing so much less because the Eagles are practicing so much less these days, especially. How much of a factor do you guys anticipate that being again? We have a lot. We have a, we have many new faces on this team, and guys are learning terminology. Guys are um, uh, learn, learning philosophies. How important will discipline be when the season starts? Because I'm telling you, I've been watching some. Uh, I've been watching some Detroit Lions practices. Those guys seem very violent right now. Those guys seem like they, you know, they're chopping at the bits.
2: Because uh, that's Deuce and Dan Campbell. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so they're they're going to be as what physical. Yeah. They're going to be as physical as they're at least allowed to be, but. Um. I, I, you know, the discipline thing I think was a little bit overblown early in the season. I know, a shout out to Jody Mack, his love of Derek Barnett. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm more concerned with, all right, I got to get Jordan Davis up to speed. I got to get Grant Calcaterra up to speed. Um, as strange as that sounds for a six round pick. Um, at least you have some time with Nicobe Dean. At least you have some time with Cam Juergens, uh, players like that. But And then when you start talking about the free agents who are new to the system, yeah, I mean, there's going to be some growing pains. How do you, I mean, all right, James Bradbury's a veteran. Um, does that mean he can just go into a new system? And we, we always talk about the NFL. Rick, you know, baseball trade deadline's coming up. You can trade for a player and put him in the lineup. He's going to either hit the baseball or he's not going to hit the baseball. You know, there's no chemistry there, sort of mono a mono. In football, there's a big difference going from team to team and scheme to scheme and coach to coach. So that that would be my bigger concern with, you know, the, the lack of preparation time.
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, the practice time could play a factor there. The, the good thing we talked about it on, on Wednesday shows, the continuity that they have, they have the same coaching staff back. So I think you can teach uh, quote unquote discipline in the film room, you know, film study, Hey, this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. Uh, you know, hopefully they're spending more than four hours a week in there doing it. And you know, well, they spend stuff. more time. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the positive. They do spend more time
2: uh, in meetings. They do spend more time uh, with walkthroughs. They have more classroom time, for lack of a bit. You know, uh, so where are we in in sort of the evolution of football? You know, <laughs> is is the classroom becoming more important than the field? And you know, you just teach the guys and then say, all right, let them go and see if they can do it. I think we're getting <laughs> to that point.
3: Yeah, I mean, the iPad now is a must-carry thing everywhere you go. It's it's all about Microsoft Surface, come on, you know, Rick, <laughs> be an NFL guy. So you mentioned the Kobe Dean. Uh, so far, so good. It's only been one day, but uh, rave reviews from, from the uh, rookie linebacker.
2: Um. Well, he started on the third team. So I don't know if you're Jody Mack and you're – thinking he's going to be in the pro bowl. Um, I, I, you know, we've had this debate pretty consistently. He's probably brought it up to you. He thinks I don't like Nicobe. It's not that. I just think there's going to be a ramp up here. There's going to be, um, he's going to, for all the reasons I just said, and they have TJ Edwards, they have Kaiser white, they have Davion Taylor. So, you know, I bring up Calcaterra cause they need Calcaterra. They need them. They don't have anything behind Dallas Goddard right now. Um, you're Jack Stolls of the world. Uh, you just picked up the Yale kid. Um, Calcaterra showed some nice things. They don't need Nicobe Dean to play week one. Do you hope he's up to speed? You know, maybe week five, week eight. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think there's a necessity – to get him ready for September 11th in Detroit. And, you know, he started on the third team. And they're going to, that shows you that they're going to take things slow and see how it goes. And if he's healthy and if he's ready to go, great. If not, at least they have some decent insurance policies, um, which I think is a positive. Certain other positions, you can't say that. which is is weird, by the way, to say it about linebacker, because we haven't said it about linebacker with the Eagles for years. But TJ's developed into a really good player. um, And Kaiser White can, you know, he's proven himself at least to be a capable linebacker in this league. So that's better than what the Eagles typically are at linebacker.
1: Yeah, this is like the first time in a long time where, I think the Eagles don't really have to rely too heavily on rookies making an immediate impact Um, because this team hasn't necessarily, you know, had home runs all the time in free agency or in the draft or, um, you know, this roster from top to bottom for the most part, you know, there's really no question about who's going to be the starters. But that linebacker room is one of the more intriguing storylines of the offseason to me. Out of all the groups on the defense, I know the safety position is something people love to talk about as well. Um, you know, with Marcus Epps and and uh, Ant Harris and uh, Jakowski Tart, Kevon Wallace, but that linebacker room intrigues me so much because I think the linebacker position has been undervalued for several years in the NFL. But you watch certain teams, like, for example, the Buccaneers, when they won their Super Bowl against the Chiefs, you saw how vital the linebackers were in that you know, uh, in that defensive scheme and, and those guys being able to keep up with Gronk and giving him a little – well, not Gronk, but giving Travis Kelsey a little bit of a hard time. You know, these linebackers these days, they have to continue to make themselves valuable. They have to, they have to find a way to become these hybrid guys that are able to run sideline to sideline. You know, I'm curious to know, what do you – what are you guys' evaluation of the linebacker position in general in the NFL and, you know, the way the Eagles have approached it and where they are today with it?
2: Well, I don't I don't know about you, Rick, but I, you know, I think teams that have, um, I can't call them Darius anymore, Shaquille Leonard, um, Bobby Wagner, um, over the years, you saw Tampa Bay with uh, uh, Devin White and uh, – Labonte, David, and, and you have these guys who can run these true three down linebackers teams that have them seem to really, really like them,
5: and really, really
2: value them. You know, the Eagles want to run, you know, a big Bangio like scheme. Well, all right, let's, you know, hopefully the Kobe Dean could be Roquan Smith, you know? Um, you know, but Roquan's a top 10 pick for a reason. Um, you know, it's interesting. The teams that have gone linebacker at the top of the draft, they've been very, very successful with it over over the past few years. Um, and there's other teams that just don't value the position. And, you know, Rick, you have all that experience with the draft. You see that large sort of demarcation line in the league between teams that value the position and teams that don't,
3: really. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think the uh, middle linebacker position has kind of been devalued in terms of draft, and maybe that's also, too, a little bit why Dean slipped to the third round. I know the Eagles were thinking about taking him in the second round. They were ecstatic to, he was still there in the third round. Um, but today's linebacker, as you mentioned, John, they do want, you know, the the, the two-down thumpers are, are, are days of yesteryear, right? They yeah. want three-down backers, leaner guys, uh, you know, maybe uh, – borderline body molds that look like safeties. Uh, some of these linebackers that can, that can, you know, like in the Kobe Dean that can cover and drop back if he's asked to do so. So um, I like the depth of this Eagles linebacker unit. I mean, you know, uh, Hassan Reddick is, is the stud, uh, but there's some good players here. I mean, Kaiser white, he, he led the uh, charges and tackles last year. I think uh, Sean Bradley is a guy temple tough is, is one of my personal favorites. And, you know he might be on the bubble, but I mean that—that's a guy that can play for me any day of the week. We talk about the intangibles, uh, the the intensity, the love for the game. Sean Bradley's a guy who, you, you know, it might not show up uh, in the stat box, but that guy brings intensity and competitiveness, and that that elevates uh, the the people around him as well.
2: Oh uh, yeah, if Sean, <laughs> uh, Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni were talking to us at the podium the other day when Sean Bradley came out to the field and, you know, screaming and uh, hooting and hollering and couldn't even hear uh, people on microphones. That's how fired up Sean Bradley is. So he, he can bring that. Hassan Reddick, you know, he's an edge rusher. Yeah. And that's what, um, you know, I'm not saying the Eagles aren't going to have him drop into coverage, but when he drops into coverage, it's going to be, to try to fool the quarterback, they're not—they're not paying him fifteen million dollars to to be, um, you know, to be that sort of linebacker that runs sideline to sideline. He's going to be a quarterback hunter. He's going to be a sack guy. He's going to be the edge rusher. So if you look at again, they're trying to run Vic Fangio's defense, as everyone is, it seems in the NFL, but um, or better identified big uh, Brandon Staley's version of Big Bangio's defense. So if you start thinking about how the Bears use Khalil Mack, that's how the Eagles want to use um Hassan Reddick. Now he's not, you know, he's not that good, but he's a good player. Um and and that's sort of the role they want to use him in. And you know, part part of the thing is, you know, when you See the contract, and you say, "All right, yeah, he's going after. He's going after the quarterback. They're not paying a linebacker 50, they They're not paying an off-ball linebacker
1: fifteen million dollars.
2: It's not Understood. what the Eagles do."
1: Understood, and John, I know you got to get out of here in a few minutes, but you know, I wanna, I, I wanna leave you with this, right? You know, we we spoke about the linebackers, and you know, those guys who are kind of like hybrids. You know, the the theme of this Eagles defense right now, to me, is versatility and one guy that intrigues me i know uh i know rick uh loves uh sean bradley and uh, i'm a sean bradley fan as well but uh i'm i'm really fascinated about the newcomer uh kyron johnson and you know maybe rick uh you can add some more insight on this guy um you know i just i just love his demeanor i love i love how self-analytical he is um he's someone who's really in tune with his own game um i got a sense of that in one of his first press conferences with uh with the eagles when he first got drafted and um you know his time at kansas he he didn't really thrive in that off-ball drop back linebacker role. Um it took him, I think I think it took him about until maybe his second or third season in Kansas to really <laughs> just take off as that edge rusher. That was where he that was where he uh he dominated, right? Kind of had that similar trajectory of a Hassan Reddick. Uh what do you guys think the Eagles plans are for a guy like Kyron Johnson, someone who's um maybe a natural more more athletic, more athletically gifted and uh maybe potentially is a natural edge rusher.
2: Well, Rick can talk about the, the pass rushing potential, but he is um, sort of a backup. He he and Patrick Rot, uh, Johnson are the backups to Hassan Reddick. So the Eagles are keeping him at that sort of uh, edge rusher, Sam linebacker position, uh, which, he, as you mentioned, he did well at Kansas. But right off the bat, we, we talked about special teams. He's a great special teams player, and that's where he's going to help right away. Um, you want to pray Kyron Johnson doesn't get on the field that much uh, on defense um, simply because not that he can't play, but that means Hassan Reddick's not healthy. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, defensively, he's a developmental guy, you know, try to get him up to speed in a couple of years, but special teams, they need him to help and help right away. And, you know, he's a he's a four four guy. Right, Rick? I mean, he can run. Uh, So as a coverage player, he's got a chance to be something something special.
3: Yeah, he's got the traits, no doubt about that. And I, I think John hit the nail on the head. I mean, you want to develop him to kind of be that in that backup, Sam linebacker role and and be a special teams contributor and i know uh, during his time at kansas there was a lot of uh, coaching turmoil turmoil a lot of different schemes and, and systems he had to play through and go through so maybe not always uh you know playing out of position a little bit there but you know special teams is going to be where he earns his money and yeah i think sam Backer is is where he's going to make
1: a living yeah, absolutely. And on, on that note, you guys, John, we appreciate you so much for making time for us today. We know you have to get down to the note care complex and, you know, take some note.
6: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs. So your plan works for you.
1: to make sure we have a lot to talk about at 7 p.m. tonight on Football 24-7 on Jacob Sports. Uh, Make sure you guys go check out John's work on jacobsports.com. He's going to be giving you guys guys a lot of updates about your Philadelphia Eagles during training camp. He's going to give you guys the inside scoop. He's going to give you guys some insight on some storylines and some narratives that you guys are probably fiending for right now. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. You know, John, once again, we appreciate you. Uh, try to stay cool you know get yourself some Rita's water ice you know what I mean Uh, mango (laughs)
2: baby mango
1: mango now are you a guy that mixes it are are you a mixer No, mango all the way mango consistent (laughs) Uh, what about you Rick are you a mixer
3: I am, you know. It depends on what uh, mood I'm in, but I like a little variety in my life. Yeah, hey, no. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, bad a, bad. I'm a I'm
3: a bubblegum, rainbow kind of guy. You know, my daughter uh, <laughs> is a big rainbow fan. Slow
2: so. and steady wins the race. <laughs> Devin Allen, <laughs> Olympic hurdler. What does he go oh. with? Mango. Bang. Mango, hey. mango, mango.
1: As a matter of fact, didn't they have the Kobe Dean carrying the first tray of Reedus to the kids? Yeah, you got like to.
2: If you're, uh, if you're a rookie, you got to carry the readers. You got oh, to. Oh, man.
1: Oh, man, that hazing. But, you guys, he's John McMullen. I'm here with Rick Ciretella from the NFL Draft Bible, the newcomer to Jacobsports.com and Jacob Sports. You know, we're going to talk about his new show later on in the show. I'm Tony the II. The you guys are locked in on Burge 365. Do not turn that dial. Keep it locked. Go for the
5: poles and the pools. Go for the ooze
1: Locked in on Bird's 365 He's Rick Sivertella. I'm Tone DeShills the second filling in for John McMullen and Jody Mack. You guys are locked in on Bird's 365. We appreciate you guys for being here and being loyal supporters to Jacob Sports. Make sure you guys go check out John McMullen on JacobSports.com. Make sure you guys go subscribe to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. We have content on there, such as <clears throat> as you see, Bird's 365 Sports Take. With Rob Ellis, Barra Brooks, Derek Gunn, we have the National Football Show. We also have the new Jacob Sports Post Game Show that's going to be coming up very, very soon with Seth Joyner, Devin Caney, uh, Derek Gunn, Mike Missanelli, a lot of legends on that panel. And then we have Rick Severtella's new show launching at the end of August. I'm really excited about that one, Rick. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? No, I appreciate it, Tone. And you're looking pretty
3: good there in the A-host seat, by the way. I might say. Hey, man. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 learning,
1: I'm learning from some of the best. I'm learning from some of the best. Yeah, buddy. Uh,
3: you know, listen, I'm I'm really excited. I I started talking to uh Joey Krause, you know, a, a year ago, and and we were talking about possibly doing a show last year. I think, you know, timing means a lot in, in this business, and and uh, you know, we didn't force it but this year the timing seemed right we had the proper time to prepare now i gotta go i told you i was uh, enjoying the final days of the jersey shore here before we hit the air because i'm going on my training camp tour and that's a big part of what i do uh scouting for the nflpa collegiate bowl which you know if you're not familiar it's, it's senior bowl east west shrine bowl nflpa bowl that's what i do and so i, I go you know Anywhere to fifty to seventy-five campuses throughout the year. Uh, I'm going to knock out about twenty-five school visits in August. Come back, launch the the, uh, the football playbook. Which Xander, if you're listening, are we, are we can we say that is that official? I need a logo, brother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know we're going to pump it and, and crank it, and obviously keep an eye on, on the Eagles. Um, talk 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 it up with the Eagles. I'll go a little bit uh, more in depth. Uh, with with some of the players and some of the back-end roster guys. As you can see, I love undrafted free agents. I love stories of the underdog. Um, I love diving into some of those players that you might not know about. And so we're going to have a lot of guests. We're going to bring you inside the, the industry. We've got folks uh, like Neil Stratton from inside the league who covers the agent and scouting community as good as anybody that I know. Uh, I mentioned the NFL PA Collegiate Ball. We'll sprinkle sprinkle in Dane Vandernet, the executive director, and, and talk some college prospects so Eagles fans can know, hey, who are some guys that could be Eagles targets? Who should I be watching uh, on the college football weekends? Uh, we'll have uh, Amanda Ruler, who, who is a uh, now a, a assistant coach with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know, I did a show, The State of Football. I, I ran into a couple health issues But on my previous show, my listeners will know uh, Amanda Ruler was a uh, coach trying to be the first uh, female CFL coach because she's from Saskatchewan. Well, she she even outdid herself. She winded up uh, getting an internship with the Seahawks and she's going to come and talk about women in sports because I think, you know, that's something that you're seeing now, even with the Eagles. Uh, Almost every organization has a female coach, and I think it's important because uh, there's a whole different element that a a female can bring to the coaching room. So we'll get we'll get that perspective each week. Um, So many good guests. I saw Baldy on here the other day. Good friend of the show. We'll have guys on like Ron Jaworski, Beasley Reese. Uh, So, you know, really, really just kind of bringing you behind the scenes of the football world. And that's that's a little bit about what I do. I'm excited about it. A uh, big shout out to Ocean Casino and Resort. I was hanging out at the gallery with with the guys over at Sports Take. What a beautiful facility. And uh, they've been so kind to, to support the Jacob uh, Media Network. And now we're expanding that. And I think um, even Jeff Kerr is going to kick things off at seven i believe So from seven to seven <laughs> keep it locked jacob media man it's uh, your new home for eagles football talk right
1: oh yeah most definitely man you know like you said uh, next to every strong man there's a strong woman and you know the story of the underdog just permeates through the city of philadelphia you know you love the back end roster guys and you know, you know, there are guys who even were drafted, you know, in the earlier rounds, right? Maybe second or third round that some people thought maybe went higher than they should. Or maybe just because of circumstances, they've been placed in situations in their career. For example, like a Jalen Hurts, you know, Carson Wentz, that, you know, that saga came to a bitter end. And then Jalen Hurts was thrown into the fold, and had to take over. And, you know, he's, you know, he's really ingratiated himself with the city. He's really taken on that underdog mentality and, you know. It's going to be so interesting to see how you dissect the game. It's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how the fans gravitate towards you because I believe what you bring to the table is that that scouting, that that in depth, uh, deep dive look into uh, what makes a player tick and you know their tendencies and you know just the nuances, the details of the game that. You know, maybe the average fan, the average fan, man, I'd be keen to. But Burge three sixty five fans, Jacob Sports fans, are are craving that type of uh content, right? So, really looking forward to that. Also, you guys, if I haven't said it yet, we have a stack show later on. We have Dan Silio from the National Football Show coming on the program later on at nine twenty. So, you guys do not want to miss that conversation. Remember. Dan is in LA. He's in California. So the fact that Xander was able to convince Dan to get up at six in the morning is beyond me. I'm going, I, I I still have questions about that. But nonetheless, <laughs> Dan Cilio will be on the show uh, in the nine o'clock hour, nine twenty to be exact. Make sure you guys are locked in on that. You do not want to miss that, y'all. You, you guys know how how animated Dan gets. Dan gives you the the whole the whole meat and potatoes, right? So really excited for that. Keep a lock. Don't turn that dial. Now let's try to push the conversation forward. I missed I mentioned uh Jalen Hurts, right? Uh, being that underdog. And it seemed like he, he was an underdog from the very beginning, even coming into this NFL. Um, you know, I, I was tempted to pull his scouting report uh last night, um, and you know, in preparation for the show. And it seems as though some of the concerns that people had then still permeate now, and it's still up to him to. I guess defy those odds you know john in his in his training camp article he mentioned you know hurts uh you know he made a beautiful back shoulder throw to quest watkins uh, his exact words were one of the best throws i've ever seen him make in practice or in a game um but he also had uh a Freudian slip right he made a late read to dallas goddard and uh, marcus epps undercutted the pass and intercepted the ball so um highs lows and in, in day one of open practice uh, day one of training camp for the philadelphia eagles but you know, his scouting port, again, some of those things are holding true um, as far as m- lear- learning to have to play from the pocket and, you know, going through streaks of poor accuracy that largely due to his mechanics and just having a delayed reaction to his reads and, you know, just not really pulling the trigger. You know, I have to ask you, right, someone who has his ear and eyes uh, to the league and these young guys as they come in, uh, you know, first, did you have a similar scouting report on Jalen Hurts? Uh, you know when you were evaluating him back then, and do you believe he has an opportunity, or does he have the potential to defy those odds? Well, first of all, I think he's already defied the
3: odds because he came in and took a team to the playoffs last year. So I mean, we're talking about a playoff quarterback. There's only only uh, what it, sixteen of those in, in the league, fourteen of those in the league. So he's already defied the odds. Uh, and as you as you were talking. if I had my eyes closed and you didn't say Jalen Hurts, I I might've thought you were talking about Josh Allen's rookie season because he had a lot of those same issues, right? He had, he had a mechanic thing. He had an accuracy thing where, yeah, he would make some throws that you say, wow, not too many guys walking the planet earth could do that. Then he'd miss a completely easy throw. And I think that's kind of where you see Jalen Hurts uh, struggles. And and we had, I believe a mid round grade on him uh, coming out. I can't remember exactly offhand. But some of the concerns were the accuracy, especially accuracy on the move. But to me, the big thing with Jalen, it's about processing and slowing the game down. And so we talked about the continuity. Again, I'll I'll keep driving this home as an underlining theme of, of great importance because when you're in the same system, you don't have to think as much. When you're not thinking as much, you let your play progress naturally. And, you know, as he understands the offense better, he can maybe read to those third and and fourth progressions. But I think right now, I mean, he ran for over 750 yards. I mean, if Jalen hurts, in my opinion, is going to be successful this season, he's going to have fewer rushing yards because, you know, there was a song back in the day, uh, I think Silk the Shocker and Master P, Better Duck and Run. <laughs> <laughs> okay. you know, hey, that's what Jalen Hurts is doing. First sign of, of pressure, he's tucking and running. And so that's, I think, where you know he needs to kind of take the next step, be able to hang in there and make the throw and deliver the throw. But you can't hang in there and deliver that throw until you're able to go through your progressions and you're comfortable in the offense. And to me, I'm looking at, you know, somewhere around, I don't know, 36, 3,800 passing yards, another 500 yards rushing and uh, probably about 30 total touchdowns is a Jalen Hurts season.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right to me. You know, some people uh, have been putting their own gauge on what they need to see from Jalen Hurts. Some people have said, uh, I need 4,000 passing yards. I don't know how realistic that is immediately. Um, Some people have said, you know, 30-plus passing touchdowns. You know, people want to see Jalen Hurts take his game from a passing perspective to another level. People already know who he is as a runner. They know he's going to break people down. One of his most electric games. Was that Saints game where he just continued to break that defense down time and time again, putting up three rushing touchdowns in a single game. Um, He also broke the rookie rushing record for the Philadelphia Eagles at quarterback. So um, Jalen Hurts has already began to put his name in the history books in Philadelphia. Uh, But I think people want to see him put his name in history books in Philadelphia from a passive perspective. And, you know, you only can do that if you, you know, you know, let the pill go. You only can do that if you pull the trigger, you know, uh, one of his strengths in college. They consider him to be an efficient passer who doesn't turn the ball over. That may be a strength, but at the same time, you know, in this new NFL, you think about some of the, even the best quarterbacks, you know, if you look it up, these guys are throwing 12, 13, 14 interceptions. You know, they, they're fearless. They, you know, if they see the keyhole, they're going to try to fit it in there. Um, you know, do you think Jalen Hurts needs to, I guess you'll say, stop pulling his punches? Do you think, Jalen Hurst needs needs to let his hands go. You know, you know, just to give you a boxing reference, right? Uh, he he hesitates, and what 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 goes into that? Is it just him not trusting what he sees? Is the game moving too fast? Is it a trust chemistry thing? Well, you know, what do you think goes into that?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think, again, it goes back to just kind of thinking too much and the more you play, the more experience, there's nothing better than in-game experience, right? Because then you've, you've come across these scenarios before you've seen this once before, and we're still in the stage of Jalen hurts NFL career where some of these defensive schemes are, are, you know, throwing the kitchen sink at him. And he might be saying, Whoa, what's this alignment or Hey man, they really fooled me on that disguised uh, coverage. So You know, it's growing pains. This is a very young quarterback. I mean, when you take a look at some of the young quarterbacks who've come into the league in terms of development, uh, Jalen Hurts has been outstanding. And it goes to uh, everything that Kyler Murray is getting criticized about right now. And, hey, uh, I know we're going to have Dan Cilio on Mr. Hot Take himself later on in the show. I'll give you one right now. If I'm starting a team today, I'll take Jalen Hurts over Kyler Murray. Okay, really?
1: Okay, you have to expand on that one, Rick. I need you to, uh, All you know, day. A, 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 a lot of people are going uh,
3: <laughs> to
1: hold you to the fire with that. Now, some Englishmen are going yeah. to love you for that. And, you know, I love you for that, right? Because I think Kyler Murray, he's talented, right? But there's something about him I can't fully get behind. But I need I need you to expand on why Jaylen, why you would choose Jalen Hurst to start your franchise over a Kyler Murray, who's clearly shown that he may be more talented
3: can't win with it, can't do it, won't do it. You know, the old Mike Singletary. And, man, Arizona's really got to be kicking themselves because they had to turn over all this money to a guy who's not committed to the game. That's the bottom line. And the NFL, like, who was it? I saw uh, Matt Ryan on an interview this morning, actually. And he said, you know, they asked him about the Colts roster. And he said, you know, uh, speaking with with, with Ballard and, and Frank Wright, like, The whole emphasis of that team over the last four or five years is not only finding talented players, but part of the requirement is you got to love the game. And people don't realize how big, you know, it's not the talent level that makes or breaks the guy. It's it's in between the ears and the heart that makes or break guys at the next level. So if I got to put a clause in your contract that says, hey, we need you to study four hours a week when you should be really studying four hours a day. I know Jalen Hurts does, Um, you know. That doesn't sit well with me. I know the guy's not committed now. You know, Kyler also from my understanding and it's easy to see why cuz I've been around both of these guys, he's not really well respected in the locker room. Really? Okay. He's really not. So, they see the lack of work ethic. They see uh the Hollywood, you know, it's funny. Kyler Murray and he he holds a press conference yesterday by the way, unannounced, uh starts the 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 conference by saying, you know, I'm not one to talk about myself and then spends the next five minutes talking about how he's the greatest Texas uh, high school football player, how he won the Heisman Trophy, how he got drafted in the MLB. Well, that's great. Nobody cares. Nobody cares because you know why? At the end of the season, you folded like a cheap suit two years in a row. And, but, but, but didn't he have to defend himself, Rick, right, you know, just to push back? A little no, day? no, he no. You to? go into the coach's office. You go into the GM's office. Who cares what the media is saying? Let that story die. You just you just threw gas on the fire, in my opinion. Now, I know people are going to differ with that. Some people like the fact that he came out and, and didn't let the media dictate the narrative. But to me, it just goes to show Jalen Hurts would never do that because he could care less. His feelings aren't going to get hurt. And I've seen, I've seen Jalen Hurts. Um, I spent a week with him at the Senior Bowl. This guy was approached by fans, by kids by coaches, by scouts, by media. And you know what, Tone? Never once was was ruffled, never once uh, blew anybody off, never once uh, was agitated. And in fact, he was so poised, I said, man, you cannot make a better leader than what Jalen Hurts is. And he's the first one in, the last one out. That's why A.J. Brown loves this guy. He sees it. He gets it and i'm going to be out in front of the curve and and tell you that like jalen hurts i think is going to have a better season than kyler murray and, that, and to me wins is what matters and jalen hurts is going to win and kyler murray is going to lose so you can have the 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 fun quarterback that looks great and puts up the stats but at the end of the day man i'm about those w's and to me jalen hurts has the demeanor and the maturity i think is is the big x factor the maturity to be a quarterback
1: in the national football league. I haven't seen that from Kyler Murray. It's interesting because, you know, they've, they've actually, and I was I was looking this up last night. It was, I think it was reported by Ian Rappaport from NFL network. They actually retracted that clause from his contract. Now I don't know. Clearly they clearly the pushback was tremendous and they just wanted to get, they just wanted to get out of this media hellstorm. But I actually think they created even more of a ruckus by removing it because they felt the pressure from media and maybe they felt pressure from college representation for publicly embarrassing him. What's your thoughts on that? It's a, it's a tough
3: spot. And I don't think we, I don't think we truly know why that clause was in there because was it, was it because the guy's lazy or was it because the Cardinals wanted an insurance policy to get out of that contract? Like, was it a clause Hmm. that they could terminate that deal if they said, Hey, you know, like like somebody mentioned, like when that clause is in the contract, somebody on that coaching staff has to pop over into Kyler's room and, and hey, hey, Kyler, did you do your four hours this? Like that's somebody's job now to make sure, hey, did you do your four hours? Because if he doesn't and they start losing and they're not happy with the on-the-field problem, well, did that clause allow them to void the contract? To me, maybe that's why it was in there. I don't know. But, so was so a bad
1: business to begin with?
3: Well, I mean, I've never saw – a contract structured in that manner. And and now, now there's reports that Kyler Murray didn't know it was in there. Well, if that's the case, that's a poor job on, on your the agent, agent and the player. Right. Because I mean, even if you, even if you're having your agent negotiate the deal, you, you still need to, I mean, I have a lawyer review my contracts. I still read the deal. So, <laughs> so again, he wasn't prepared. <laughs> he didn't review the materials that he needed to. And to me, to, you know, I, I can see both sides of the arguments where um, I think there was a former player talking about, Hey, it's great that Kyler came up, came out and didn't let the media dictate the narrative. But at the end of the day, do you think Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, do you think those guys care uh, what the media narrative is? No, they're going to go to work. They're going to let their, their play do the talking for them. And could you imagine Jalen hurts coming out and, and conducting his own press conference, you know, out of the blue and, and 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 saying the things that Kyler Murray said. No, because
1: he's a true leader. You know what that you know, you know, it's funny you brought that up, right? Because Jalen Hurts, he's been getting backlash throughout his football career. All his limitations have been put out on the forefront. You know, he's been publicly embarrassed, being benched in national championship games and you know, transferring schools, and people have, you know, constructed their own narratives by him. He's someone who clearly has adjusted and tuned his ears to be able to deal with. The, uh, the heavy vibrations. Kyler Murray is reacting like someone who's not used to not being on the better side of the media. He's reacting like someone who isn't used to being under the microscope in this way. Like he said, he's been the Texas darling, the Heisman winner. You know, he was drafted in both the MLB and the NFL. You know, he's been the sweetheart. You know, he, uh, he, he revitalized Arizona Cardinals football, you know, every, um Calumari clearly is not used to being on this side of things and by you when you're not used to something you tend to react impulsively you know you react emotionally and that's that's kind of what I got from that um me personally it is what it's gonna be I personally wouldn't have gone out said anything because eventually there's a new news cycle every week people forget people move on there's so much more to talk about there's always it's, it's not like you did something quote unquote wrong it's just an assumption and it's a uh, it's a clause in your contract that was put in there. Whether you knew about it or not, it's a failure on your part for not even knowing it, it was in there, if that's the case. But Jalen Hurts, you know, that t- that you talk about Dan Sillio being Mr. Hot Take. That was the hottest of hot takes because I've been hearing people say Kyler Murray here, Jalen Hurts just right here. You know what I mean? Uh, me personally, like you said, I'll take Jalen Hurts because of his mentality. I'm, 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 I'm more concerned with the, of someone's makeup, who they are as a person. You know, I want to know can I go to war with that guy? Connect. Mm-hmm. Will Will that guy have my back when it's all said and done? When things get dark, when things get hot, when things get shaky, are you going to be the one to keep us leveled? And I think that's something the Philadelphia Eagles have lacked. And their quarterback room for a long time, even in Donovan McNabb, dating all the way back to Donovan McNabb in this, you know, in this, uh, in this era of football in the 21st century, Donovan McNabb talented, but he never seemed like the leader that you wanted him to be. There always seemed like limitations to how far he could take you, just because of his leadership. No matter how talented he was, uh, Carson Wentz, talented guy, but his leadership was always in question. You know, Michael Vick, a guy who was trying to earned back the trust of teams in the NFL because of his past transgressions. You know, it doesn't define him, but the Philadelphia Eagles have been in search of that consummate professional at the quarterback position, and they found it in Jalen Hurts. He just has to to bring his production to the same level of his intangibles. Well, and, you know, you you, you mentioned the scrutiny he's
3: been under on basically a daily basis in Philadelphia. And I got news for you playing in the Arizona market ha- has masked maybe some of the sensitivity of the Kyler Murray because, you know, maybe he's changed since the Heisman Trophy uh, banquet. But I, I I remember he just left a bad taste in, in, in our mouths at the, at the media roundtable session because Kyler talked down to the media as if we didn't know anything. And he knew it all, and he had all the answers, and he really didn't come across well. And I got news for you. If he – played in the philadelphia market this media would be eating him up he 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 wouldn't last very long here and so that's just me you mentioned hey you you go on these scouting trails you talk to the scouts when they talking to the players they're trying to get to know the personality the dna can i work with them jalen hurts is a team leader kyler murray will fold up and go into a shell and be a loner by himself in that locker room Jalen Hurts is going to embrace folks. He's going to welcome them with open arms, and players are going to look to him because he does have a stoic demeanor. He does command the huddle when he steps into that that huddle with 10 other
1: men. He's a leader of men. Kyler Murray is not, and that's what gets Mm. done in the NFL. Mm, Absolutely. Hey, you guys, we're going to take uh, a small break. Uh, Dan Cilio will be here at 9.20. Uh, you guys are locked in on birds 365. I'm here with Rick, Selle- R- Rick Serratella from the NFL Draft Bible and Jacob Sports' News show, The Playbook. And I am Tone the II from Chocolate Up Sports. Where no matter if we win or if we lose, we just got to charge it to the game. Also, the associate producer for Jacob Sports. Like I said, you guys are locked in on Burries 365. Keep it locked. Don't turn that dial. We'll be right back. Go for the
5: pulse
1: Don't you guys just love that song? 3065 is back. He's Rick Ciratella. I am Tone Shields II, the associate producer for Jacob Sports and the host of J- and the host of Chalk It Up Sports. Where no matter if we win or if we lose, we just gotta charge it to the game, you guys. I hope you're enjoying the show. Make sure you guys smash that like button. You do. You guys do realize that the like button is currency in this YouTube world. The like button is like water. It's the holy grail of success for Jacob Sports. And the more you guys smash that like button, the more you guys comment, the more you guys engage, the more people that will subscribe, the more people that have been in the live chats, the content will continue to get five more fire. The heat will continue to rise. You know, the, the the price will continue to go up. So make sure you are <laughs> on, on Jacob Sports because, listen, it's a it's a religion at this point. You might as well get your get your NFL draft Bible, right? Hey, trying to keep up with inflation these days, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you know, we've talked so much about uh guys like AJ Brown and their impact of what they bring to the table. You know, we've talked about guys like Quez Watkins, you know, you know, uh the, the leap he may be able to make, right? You know, we talked about Jalen Hurts, but I feel like someone who's sort of fallen by the wayside, someone who hasn't really been talked about as much as I would like, and that's Devonte Smith, you know, Devontae Smith, he came in last season, you know, being one of the more highly anticipated players that you wanted to keep an eye out for coming out of uh, the draft, you know, winning the Heisman, one um, uh, the first wide receiver to win the Heisman since, was it Desmond Howard, right, from mm-hmm. Michigan? Yeah. And uh, Devontae has continued to defy the eye throughout his career. He was constantly being told that he was too small, too skinny, didn't you know, wasn't strong enough, and he just allowed his play to do the talking. One of the most refined wide receivers come out of the draft in a long time from a from a route running perspective, from a footwork perspective, just from a discipline perspective. He's a, he he's someone I consider to be a young veteran, and I have to ask you, Rick. Again, you're the you know you're the draft guy, you're the scout guy. You know what were your thoughts on Devontae Smith when he first came out, and has he met your expectations? Has he surpassed surpassed those expectations? Did he not meet your expectations?
3: I thought he succeeded my expectations last year to come in as a rookie and make that kind of an impact. I did have my doubts and concerns about the durability issue. And, and, you know, we're through first season. It didn't seem to be a problem last year. Uh, We'll see how that holds up over the long term. But I think that really was the only question mark about Devonta Smith was, did he have the frame to hold up with the NFL uh, 17 to 20, plus game schedule. And I think there was, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, draft pit stops. I can't remember if it was the, the, the senior bowl or the pro day where I think he refused to, to step on the scale and get weighed. They didn't want to put his weight out there and, you know, kind of like the Kyler thing, like, Hey, just get, get weighed in. Kind of like the Kenny Pickett thing with the hand side, like just get your hand measured and get it over with, you know? And, um, it became a bigger issue, probably than than what it needed to be because as you know, with the draft hoopla, especially that final month of April, all we like to do is build players up and then tear them down and find out what's wrong with everything. And to me, I think Devonta Smith has a chance here now in year two. Uh, I think he could lead this team in receiving. I really do because I think AJ Brown is going to be the wide receiver one uh, on paper that teams will be focused on stopping and again, it's like pick your poison. If you double team AJ, well, Devonte Smith's going to have some one-on-one opportunities. That could get dangerous. And you're right. He's kind of like flown under the radar uh, with all the, the acquisitions and, and the draft pick splashes and bringing in uh, AJ Brown. It's like, hey, Devonta Smith, maybe the way he likes it, uh, flying under the radar. But I, I do know this. Uh, Nick Saban raved about his professionalism and his preparation Uh, while at Alabama and I think you you
1: are starting to see some of that here yeah absolutely you know Devontae like I said he came into the league so polished he came in and he took on he took on the weight of that wide receiver room let's be totally honest he came in and made an immediate impact and he showed these guys what it took to be a professional wide receiver and some of the plays he was making throughout the season were just plays we haven't seen from a wide receiver in Philadelphia in a long time and it's a shame um just the 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 finesse, the footwork, the 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 the, the awareness, the situational awareness, the ability to control his body on the sideline, you know, you you evaluate these guys. How how hard is it to find the traits that Devontae Smith has? How hard is it to locate those type of traits, that skill set in wide receivers? How often do wide receivers even come out being this polished? He he, no doubt, was a very polished route runner. I think what separates.
3: Devonta Smith and what made him a first round pick and a a successful one so far is um, the natural athleticism and instincts. Um, You see the way he can contort his body or adjust to badly thrown balls and and make some catches that you just can't teach that kind of athleticism or that bend or that agility. And I think that's what makes him special. Uh, That's not something that you can go out and, and practice. And I think, you know kind of set, like justin jefferson is another guy that's just kind of in this rarefied air and there's an influx of oh, these man. uh young talented wide receivers is, yeah. justin
1: jefferson is is you can't bring him up in Philly man you can't you just I can't it, it's it's taboo it's 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 wolf bane it's, it's 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 this city will always hold that against high Roseman, man not jeff and just not drafting justin jefferson and choosing Jalen rager but how are we somehow how are we sort of bringing in devontae smith right <laughs> yeah i mean listen you can't you can't hit
5: them
3: all um you know in fact people don't realize like if you i say hey if you're batting 300 in the draft it's not only a good batting average in baseball it's a it's a pretty good draft average i mean if you if you're hitting 40 or 50%, well then, Hey, you're in the top percentage of the league, but um, really, you know, about 30% of of draft picks pan out. And so, I mean, would I have done it? No, but you know, it's just, you win some, you lose some, I think overall uh, Roseman has done a good job, stockpiling talent, stockpiling depth. And if you look at this team on paper, everybody says the ro- roster is loaded. All the question mark is around Hurts, Right. And so the, that's that, that seems to be the national consensus and maybe the, the local consensus is like, Hey, the whole, the whole Eagle season depends on Jalen hurts. And to me, I, I said this on Wednesday, I truly believe this, this team constructed in 2022 will be the most talented team assembled around Jalen hurts on his rookie deal. Because you're, yeah. you're not going to be able to keep all these guys next year, and then at the year after that, Hertz is going to have to get paid. And guess what? You're going to lose some more of these guys, and coaches are going to depart. So to me, like, I, I hate the guys that say, "Hey, if they win a playoff game, that'll be a huge success." No, like you made the playoffs last year. You shouldn't be like you shouldn't be just looking to take a one win step in the playoffs. Like you, you're already a playoff team. Well, hey, what? Like, let's be contenders. Like, what? Why can't we compete with Tampa Bay? Or, or Green Bay, you know, I mean, that's that's
1: the mentality they should be having, in my opinion. Well, absolutely. And, you know, this team does have the talent. You know, if you know if you do a blind study and don't pay attention to the quarterback position right now, you can say this Philadelphia Eagles team can, can compete with anybody. But because of Jalen Hurts' uh, reported limitations and things that we have seen, and, you know, we know the things he has to improve on, um, people are going to always look at the Philadelphia Eagles through a certain lens and put a cap on their success. I really believe the sky is the limit for this season. It's so hard to really project how good this team will really be. Um, I pretty much put this team at about 12 wins on a season. But, you know, again, they have the talent. And a guy like Devontae Smith, I truly anticipate him taking his game to another level. He's someone who gets it done in silence. He's someone who, like I said, he's so polished, so refined, such a professional. I think where we've been so concerned about A.J. Brown and Quez Watkins, I don't think we're even ready for what Devontae Smith is going to bring. And, you know, this leads me to another topic that I want to that I want to broach with you. DK Metcalf got paid um, yesterday and it was a pretty big deal. Not as not as long of a contract that many people anticipated, but he received a three year, seventy two million dollar extension with the Seattle Seahawks. $58.2 Fifty-eight point two million guaranteed, and he received a thirty million dollars sign-on bonus, which is the highest ever for a wide receiver. We paid AJ Brown twenty-five million dollars a year. That's four years, one hundred million. These wide receivers are getting paid now, and I know Devontae Smith sees that, and I know Devontae Smith is the team guy. He's the professional, but he's going to want to get he's going to want to get taken care of too. And it begs the question because the, cap's, the cap, the cat salary cap is only going up because the contracts for these guys are only getting higher and higher. What does a Devonte Smith contract extension actually look like? Because he's eligible in twenty twenty four,
3: right? Yeah. So yeah, the DK Metcalf contract, you know, the wide receiver contracts are are very different in structure. DK Metcalf is is front loaded, and he'll have an opportunity to get one more payday before he turns thirty years old. Um, Devonta Smith, you know, when you're looking, you know, and he might want a new deal. I mean, if, if we, if he goes out and is the number one receiver on this team, he may be looking for a new deal next off season. Um, and the, and the salary cap is going to rise and the, and the average contract is going to rise and he's going to probably want more than, than AJ Brown by time it's, it's decision time. So again, that, that leads me to this season because, Jalen Hurts also has to get paid. Uh, Is there going to be money to bring back Javon Hargrove? I mean, uh, there's just not going to be enough money to go around here when you're looking down the road long term. And so, hey, if Carson – I saw somebody in the chat room mentioned Carson Strong. They want to see him perform. And if he can make a roster spot, because it's no guarantee they'll they'll carry three quarterbacks, but if he can earn a roster spot – and convince the Eagles that he can be their backup. Well, maybe maybe Gardner Minshew gets dealt here uh, before the trade deadline for, for a building block or a piece that kind of puts them over the top. So, to me, I'm all in this year. If I'm the Eagles, I'm trying to do it. And that's why we had that Jesse Bates discussion the other day because typically I probably wouldn't pull the trigger for a Jesse Bates. But I'm in, I'm in an all-in mentality. I'm in that L.A. Rams mentality. I want to okay. get – I want to get it all in this season because we don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what next season and what the dynamics we might lose two coordinators. We could lose, uh, you know, a lot of leadership, uh, you know, with with some of the veteran guys who are going to be departing. So this can be a very different looking team next year. I think you got to capitalize on the momentum. We're coming off a playoff win. We're somewhat under the radar. If you look at the Vegas odds, nobody's uh, paying the Eagles any respect. Everybody's got the Cowboys favorite to win the division. Hey, I like the spot they're in because the pressure, maybe the pressure is here. Like you mentioned 12 wins. I think it's a double-digit victory team. I I, I see 10 or 11, 12, I don't know. I mean, hey, maybe it's possible, uh, but I don't think anybody nationally is viewing the Eagles as a 12-win team. So I think they're in prime position to kind of go in here with not all these expectations, but at the same time, they're built to win now, and we just need Hurts to kind of take that next step.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They are built, you know, like I said, they had the talent and, you know, you, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, uh, you have Miles Sanders back there, who's also looking for a contract, you know, like, like I said, these guys are, these guys are going to get paid, you know, you know, success begets success. And, you know, I have to ask, you know, what's the likelihood of a guy like Harry Roseman having two big contracts at that wide receiver position?
3: You know, I think that if, if we're looking at 2024, then A.J. Brown m- might not be on the roster at that point because I just don't see how you can pay both of those guys. And you've seen it. You saw Dallas run into that situation this year. You saw the Falcons ran into that situation. You saw uh, e- even the Vikings ran into that situation, getting rid of a talent like Stefan Diggs. I mean, come on. Are you kidding? It's just yeah. hard to pay two guys. When you when you commit – like, if I got to commit $50 million uh, uh, of my salary cap to one to two players – I mean that's a big you know, that's a big percentage of your team. And if if Hertz is your long term guy, I hate to tell you, you're gonna lock you're gonna have to lock him up for like thirty five, forty million. So now what, you got three guys that are gonna make a hundred million? It's just not possible.
1: Yeah, uh I agree with you. Um it's you know, with the cap, with, you know, with the cap going up, you know, you want to believe that it's possible, but at the same time, as the cap goes up, you know, these GMs they they continue to reevaluate, reallocate, and they continue to think, uh, I guess, reimagine where they want to put the money, and you know, you know, it'll be interesting uh, to say the least. You know, before we get Dan here, uh, Dan's going to be here in a few minutes. I want to give one, I want to give one more topic to you as well. You know, this is. An interesting season for the quarterback position, not just in the NFL or the NFC, but the NFC East and, you know, three of the three of the four NFC East quarterbacks are essentially connected at the hip. You know, Carson Wentz, former Eagle, Jalen Hurts, essentially, you know, took his spot and showed that he was a better leader. And Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott, they were drafted together in the same draft. Carson Wentz, the first-round draft pick. Dak Prescott, I think, was a fourth or fifth-round draft pick. And they've been, they've been compared for their entire careers. Dak Prescott has shown that he's the more reliable, the more stable, uh, essentially the more productive quarterback. You know, it, it is what it is. But, you know, Hurts is in a situation where he has, to, he has to slay a couple dragons in the NFC East. He has to slay the Carson Wentz dragon and put that comparison to bed. He also has to slay the dragon resting in Dallas, Dak Prescott, who's won the division uh, last season. And the Cowboys have pretty much only the Eagles for the past few games. But I'm asking you, does Hurts have to be the best quarterback in the NFC East in order to win the division? No,
3: because they have to have the best team. And Dak Prescott to me is the best quarterback in this division. It doesn't mean Jalen Hurts can't improve to the Dak Prescott status now, again, <laughs> I'll take Hurts over Wentz because I, I just believe that Wentz is a little bit too Hollywood. Hurts uh, and Dak are, are going to be hungrier because they don't have a Super Bowl ring. Granted, you know, Wentz didn't do, wasn't on the field for it, but he does have a ring. He does have his money. I know he likes to go hunting and duck hunting and spend time <laughs> out in the woods in the offseason. Like, to me, I, I you know, I don't know if Wentz is as committed as Hurts, so I like – I like Hurts to slay that dragon um, where I think it gets interesting is, you know, I'm looking at the giants, right? Like Brian dabble, uh, Joe Shane, they're not committed to Daniel Jones. They didn't pick up that 50 year option. At as all. soon as the 49ers realize they don't have a, a, a dance partner to trade with. I can see the giants scooping up Jimmy Garoppolo and putting him on the back, but I think their bye week is like week eight or week nine, to me, scooping up Jimmy G makes all the sense in the world because I look at the Giants' Absolutely. offense too. Like, in, like swap out Danny Jones for Jimmy G. <laughs> wow, now I might actually, now I might actually think the Giants can win some games. And I remember when they, um, the year they drafted Eli Manning, they brought in Kurt Warner, and you were like, "What the heck are they bringing in Kurt Warner?" But I don't know. To me, it's like, why not bring in a Jimmy G on on a one year deal? Because they're, you know, if if Danny Jones doesn't cut it and they got a losing record after, you know, when they hit their bye week, it's like, Hey, I'm trying to find a quarterback in the future. If I don't have to spend a draft pick, let me see what Jimmy G's got. And I, I think it's a huge upgrade and I would probably put him uh, behind Dak Prescott and ahead of Jalen hurts at this stage of his career. Let's not forget. He was one pass away from winning a super bowl and his winning percentage is incredible in this league. Now, the thing with Jimmy G that rubs people the wrong way, especially his teammates, you know, he he's a knick-knack paddywhack, you know, any little reason not to practice and, and play, you know, little, little injuries, keep him out. And, you know, that's just what you get with Jimmy G.
1: Yeah. You know, I honestly believe this NFC East is going to be much more competitive than what people think. Um, I think the Washington commanders are a bit better than what people think. Um, I think the Dallas Cowboys, even though they have, in my humble opinion, have taken a step back from a roster perspective, from a personnel perspective, they're still the Dallas Cowboys. Um, They still have Dan Quinn as their defensive coordinator. They still have Michael Parsons, Jermon Diggs. You know, they still have CeeDee Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, who, in my opinion, say what you want about him. He can pop at any moment. Um, You know, it's just one of those things that the Philadelphia Eagles, I fear the Philadelphia – and I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it's a healthy fear. I fear – the Philadelphia Eagles may come into this season with a sleepwalk mentality. They shouldn't, and I don't expect it, but I think it's a, I think it's something to consider because, you know, this schedule is as favorable as it can be. And it, it would be uh, – the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles would be remiss if they came into this season thinking that, oh, this is a W, this is a W, this is a W. They have to approach every game as if each team can take their head off. And – that's what they had to do, right? They had to approach every game like they're trying to take guys head off. You know, they need to pound guys into submission. And it starts with this division. You know, before we talk about Super Bowls or NFC championships, we had to slay the dragons that we had to deal with in our division first, right?
3: No, it starts in your own backyard and you got to take care of business in the division. And then, you know, you got to hope that you, you earn a, a buy or home field advantage. And then anything's possible. Hey, uh, the Rams or the Bucks get upset. Uh, the Packers take a step back. All of a sudden, you know, to me, the Eagles are like the fourth best team in the NFC starting today. So, Ooh. you know, I mean, who outside of the Bucks, Packers, and Rams, who you want to take over the Eagles?
1: That's 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 an interesting point, and uh, we're, you know we're going to take a break soon. But that's an interesting point. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, they have one of the more talented rosters in the NFC. And you know, the NFC, let's be honest, all the talent, especially at the quarterback position, is in the AFC, right? The, that's mm. that that's the gauntlet. You know, yeah. that's you know, that's where the you know, that's where the dungeons and the dragons, you know, uh rest. You know what I mean? Like those that's you know, that's where I mean, you know you, you have to really earn your paycheck over there. And I think because of the way the NFC is set up, I think that was why Howard Roseman kind of made the moves he made this offseason. He probably looked he probably looked at it as you know what. We made the playoffs. We're technically ahead of schedule. The NFC has gotten a bit lighter. Hey, let's go all in on the season.
3: Yeah, why not? And, you know, they've got draft equity, too, next year to kind of add some more pieces if they have to and lose some of those veterans that we talked about. And, you know, the the other thing, one more topic here, if we can get it in, shout out to all the chat room people. I see you over there. Uh, the chat room's going crazy about Jalen Rieger, who, I don't think Rager should even be on this roster to me. Um, Now, Roseman, he's got a decision to make because do you let Ego get in the way? He's a wide receiver five at best on this roster. How many teams around the league uh, keep a wide receiver that really doesn't bring much to special teams? Yeah, he returns kicks, but he's not a reliable guy. Uh, To me, Brenton Covey is the best returner on this team. I'll take that guy. (laughs) Uh, You know, I just don't – I don't think you got to make roster decisions based on where a guy was drafted. When you do that, you let your ego get in the way. I get it. I understand it. You picked them in the first round for a reason. You saw something there that you like. It just hasn't panned out. Sometimes you got to just admit your losses, cut your losses and move on. I, I think that's what they
1: need to do here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I agree with you. And look, you guys, you know, we're going to take a break. You know, we're still trying to ping up our guy Dan Cilio. Remember, he's in California, so we want to make sure we're all on the same timeline. But, you know, we're going to continue to give you guys that hot fire. We're going to still continue to feed you guys, the fans of Jacob Sports and Burge 365. Make sure you guys keep it locked. He's Rick Cervetella. I'm towing the show the second. You're locked in on Burge 365. Don't change that dial and stay in your seats. We'll be right back.
5: Go for the pulse.
1: are tuned in to birds 365 he's rick several i'm tone de shields the second we are filling in for john mcmullen who's covering training camp right now for jacob sports and the philadelphia eagles and we're also filling in for jody mack jody mack has some other obligations that he needed to attend to and we want to do our best to give you guys our best impression of the birds 365 guys so you know, as we wait patiently for Dan Cilio again, you guys, he's in Cal, in California time, man. You know, I don't want to put too much pressure on that guy. You know what I mean? He does a lot for us, but you know, as we wait for Dan Cilio, uh, and that's if he's able to uh, make it through. He's, he's right.
3: got, he's got his stateside vodka glass. He's on <laughs> a little screwdriver <laughs> before the
1: show. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Shout out to Dan Cilio, man. You know, we're, we're trying to pull some. We're trying to pull some things behind the scenes. Uh, you know, Dan is, Dan's on a whole other time zone, you guys. You know, when he does his three PM show Eastern time, he's It's like twelve o'clock or eleven o'clock where he is. So, um, you know, you know, let's let's give him a break, and you know, we'll try to hold you guys down with some more content. You know, he's out in he's
3: out in sunny San Diego, I believe. Though, so it ain't too bad. (laughs) I mean, I'm gonna have to hit him up. I get out to San Diego; it's a fun little city. Before we dive into this next segment, too, I mean, for sure, you got you got props from me before we hit the air you you got props from johnny mac while we were, were on the air now you're getting props in the chat room like tell the people at home how far ahead of the curve you are with the hurt season hat
1: oh man so you know it's so funny you brought it up rick because uh my shout out to first the first things first Shout out to my man, Lord Brunson, any Eagles fan in the city of Philadelphia or all over the world, if you're locked in on Philadelphia Eagles, you nine times out of 10, you're locked in on Lord Brunson. And Lord Brunson has been covering the Philadelphia Eagles for the past four or five years, something like that. And, uh, you know, he's just been constantly grinding, grinding. And he's again, he's one of the most respected uh, content creators when it comes to this Philadelphia Eagles thing. And he has a he has merch. So. Uh, he came up with this merch the moment hurts became the starting quarterback he came up with this merch line you know in full in full support of uh jalen hurts you know the Hertz season hats you know he has uh you know snapbacks he has the dad hats you know he has the bucket hats um white letters green letters you know he he has whatever you need he has it you know also shout out to the print champs in uh in uh in maryland you know he goes through those guys he, he goes through those guys those guys and you know if you want your official Hertz season hats Hit up my man Lord Brunson on Twitter, whatever you gotta do. The link, the links are in his bio. Man, like the moment AJ Brown wore this hat, man, it, it went mainstream all over yeah, the place. Every, 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 Everyone's screaming hurt season, hurt season. And you know, I've been ahead of this curve since the beginning of last season. So um, you know, the you know, the the, the real the, the real Eagles fans know. So shout out to my man Lord Brunson once again, man. Lord yeah. Brunson Big shout out Brunson, man. If he's listening.
3: Lord, we need hey, we need a clothing sponsor for the football play. So, you know, feel free, feel free to send the merch over here to the Jersey Shore, brother.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, man. Shout out to Lord Brunson once again. So, Rick, let's discuss this schedule because, again, I personally feel that as favorable as this Eagle schedule is there are some games that are potential trap games I know some people don't really like to buy into that philosophy but you know sometimes it is what it is there are some games that you go into that you're supposed to win but sometimes you 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 just can't get it done so um you know we have time we have about 30 minutes left in the show man and you know let's try to get through as much of the schedule as we possibly can and then give some insights. so You know, let's start with, you know, week one, right? The Detroit Lions on the road for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, what's your thoughts on that matchup?
3: I know Jody Mack is laying the points. I know that (laughs) he's he's convinced it's going to be a a blowout victory, double digits. I'm not so sure. I mean, I like what Detroit is building. Uh, They covered, I think, the spread for most of the games last year. They were in a lot of games. They didn't put a lot of W's on the board, but they have that competitiveness. They improve their roster. I think the Lions are going to take a step forward. It might not show up in the win-com, but they're going to be a better team. I think the Eagles do pull out this this game on the road week one. I don't think it's going to be easy, and I don't know. There, I'm sure there's a line out there. I'm guessing it might be somewhere around four and a half. I mean, I don't think the Eagles win this game by more than six points I think it's gonna be uh some some something like 2420 Eagles Eagles victory
1: yeah I'm, I'm I'm actually with you on that um I think I think this game is something not to take lightly um you know we smacked Detroit last season so they're definitely coming from a range um and that Detroit team like you said Dan Campbell was building something over there those players are buying into whatever he's selling and you know I've just been watching some of their training camp footage, and I don't know. There's you know there's there's something brewing in Detroit. I love what they're doing on offense. I love their weapons, right? Jamison Williams, DJ Chark. Um, I forget who else they have over there. Um, they have TJ Hawkinson, right? At um, tight end. I
3: think Amon Ross St. Brown is Amon Ross St. Yeah. Brown.
1: Yes, someone who had a, re- a really good season. Had, DeAndre Swift, guy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And don't don't they have Damian Williams or something like that? Or am I wrong?
3: I, I don't know if they picked up Damian Williams, but they have some playmakers there. Saint Brown is a guy to watch, um, but yeah, I think Detroit and aren't they also on hard knocks this year? I think
1: they that's are. That's
3: gonna be fun. That's gonna they, be fun. They are, yeah. So yep. I'm I'm sorry. They have
1: Jamal Williams, not Damian Williams. Jamal Williams, guys. Okay. Jamal Williams. Yes. Yeah, so, so that's a nice score. ad, though.
3: That's a great. Yeah. That's a great pickup.
1: Definitely, definitely. Then on top of that, they brought in Aiden Hutchinson. You know, on the D line. So you know, it's 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 going to be really interesting to see. How the Philadelphia Eagles fare week one with this new roster. Of course, we're going we're going to see some growing pains. You know, that's that's most definitely to be expected. Um, I think week one is always an ugly week for teams. Is it's either you see a lot of blowouts or you see a lot of ugly games. Um, and I think this is gonna be one of those ugly games. I think the Eagles do pull out the victory. Um, but I think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be a little bit higher scoring than that. Uh I think I think the score may be because the spread is only like three and a half, I think, right now. So uh, I think I, th- I got the Eagles winning that game 27-24, something like that. Um, I just expect some growing pains in that defense and guys just trying to, you know, get things in order. Um, and, you know, sometimes the offense is always a little ahead of the defense anyway.
3: Yeah, I mean, sometimes you see breakdowns in that week one. So, I mean, I, I'm looking at week two, I think could also be very high scoring. Uh, yeah, at Minnesota. Home, Minnesota, Monday night football. To me, this is another W. Uh, Kirk Cousins has always been Fugazi in my book. I don't really see him as a top <laughs> signal caller, and uh, you know I, I I'll never bet on Kirk Cousins. Actually, to be honest he, with he's you, he's productive
1: so. but can't get it done when it matters. Right? Yeah. No, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so I assume you see that as a win for us.
3: <laughs> I do. I see. I see the Vikings game uh, at home Monday Night Football. Lincoln Financial is going to be rocking. Uh, I think that that's Eagles all the way for me.
1: I agree with you, man. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see the storylines. You know, when uh, Justin Jefferson comes comes to the city. Uh, I think this is his first time playing in Philadelphia since he's been drafted. Um, so, you know, all eyes are going to be on him. All, all eyes are going to be on Jalen Rager and that wide receiver core. Uh, this is, It's going to be interesting, uh, to say the least. So the Eagles need to have a win. And it'll, even, it'll be even better if Darius Slay and or uh, Brad Berry can shut down Justin Jefferson. Not sure how likely it is because guys like that end up, they get the numbers. You just got to make it hard. But um, that's going to be an interesting game to watch. I have that as a win as well. So so far we have the Eagles two and zero. Let's transition to week three. This is where things get interesting for me. Um, Washington, uh, the Washington Commanders on the road. um, Philadelphia Eagles uh, go to FedEx Field, that dumpster, and we have to play uh, Carson Wentz and those guys. And that defense is going to be healthy this go around. Um, You're not going to see as many COVID related situations like we did last season with those guys. I'll be honest. I have us losing week three on the road. It's something about it's something about that matchup at that time. I think, I think, I, I think we start the season two and one. I'm going to agree with you because I see. I think they're going to sweep the Giants if
3: Daniel Jones is the quarterback. I think they're going to split with the Cowboys, and I think ultimately they do split with the the uh, Commanders. Definitely. So yeah. you know, this is the first division game on the road at Washington. I will say. Daniel Snyder, 11-hour uh, testimony in front of Congress, oh, by the way, uh, yesterday or two days ago. I heard ago. about that, man. What comes out of that remains to be seen. Is there going to be a bunch of uh, turmoil and headlines come week three when they go to Washington? That might be an X factor to keep an eye on. But as we sit here today, I mean, I think they're going to split with Washington. So I'll, I'll split up the home home games. I say the Eagles win later on in the year at home. I think they lose on the road at Washington and and sitting at two and one. I agree with you, Tom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. You know, let's, let's jump down to week four, Uh, Jacksonville. Uh, We have uh, have them at home. That's a trap. Yeah. That's a trap. I think I I still have us winning that game though, but it's, but it's, it's one of those games that if someone, if someone wakes up on the wrong side of the bed at any point, that game can really just get out of hand. Um, I don't think Jacksonville is going to blow us out, but I think that's a game that we had to pay close attention to. Doug E.P. makes his return to Philadelphia. He's going to get cheers for bringing that Super Bowl home. And it's going to be interesting to see the, the leak that Trevor Lawrence makes. Um, you know, I have that as a win, but it's going to be – it's it's a it's a flimsy win. It's, it, it's, it's a fluky win, if you ask me. It's a coin toss game because this is Doug Peterson's Super
3: Bowl, right? This team ain't making the playoffs. This is probably – if there's one game he has circled on – the schedule, this is it. Right. And so of course. I do think Trevor Lawrence is, is going to uh, continue to improve. And I do think that Peterson's aggressive play style will bode well for Trevor Lawrence. And that could be a game. Hey, I could see in the fourth quarter Jaguars on the uh, game winning drive. Peterson goes for it on fourth down. Maybe they <laughs> eke out a field goal. I mean, this game could go either way. I'll give the Eagles, the benefit of the doubt here
1: at home, but man, this is not. And game I'll game. be honest. That's the only reason. That's the only reason I'm really, because they're at home. And I think they have more talent overall, but it's really that home factor for me, but Dougie P he, he's at home. You know what I mean? So yeah. he's, you know, <laughs> how much of an advantage is it? Right. So, I, yeah. so we both have those guys, both have uh, the Eagles winning that game. Uh, that's a, that's a three and one start. Not bad. Not bad. I, th- I, I think that's realistic. Now week five on the road in Arizona, I know D Hop is going to be suspended, but we don't really fare well in the desert, and I'm going to have to give that a loss as well.
3: You know, I have on paper a loss, and I just—I just told you how much better Jalen Hurts was than Kyler Murray. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, but, he, might out, he might outplay him, but the defense may give something up. You well, know
3: what I mean? You know, to your question earlier, does, does Jalen Hurts have to be the best quarterback to, in the East to win the division? No. And here's the deal. When, anytime you go cross country, whether it's Arizona to Philly or Philly to the desert, I mean, it's tough. It's a tough, uh, it's a tough, r- tough road trip. So that alone makes it a difficult game to win. Now Arizona has a history of coming out the gates like gangbusters Playing mm-hmm. really well in the early parts of the season. Then they fade down the stretch. And if history tells us anything, well, this is gonna be a tough game. Again, probably a shootout, right? And I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say the Eagles lose here, which uh what what are we putting them at? Three and two three and through two. the first three five
1: games. Yep, three and two. Yeah, you know, last time we played Arizona, uh, it was a shootout between uh Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts had one of his most electric games in the air uh he was just he was just slinging it and you know he had he had that will to win um but i yeah i i, I think that's a loss uh, unfortunately i just think that you know arizona you know on the road you know it's you know we're really going to have to really bring our bring our a game to win in in that environment um let's go to week six Dallas. now this is where I'm always I'm fickle because I would love for us to be Dallas on Christmas Eve. I would love that. But on the road, Christmas Eve, I don't know. So week week six at home, Dallas, I think that's a win for us uh, because we're at home. Um, And I think and I think we're going to come out with something to prove uh, on that day. What's your thoughts on week six Dallas matchup?
3: No, I agree with you. Like I said, I think they split. I'll give the Eagles the home game. Again, on primetime, which is a, a big theme for the Eagles, five games on primetime, one almost one-third of their games yeah. on primetime. And this is going to be a Sunday night game in Philly. I think the Eagles get the job done here going into the bye week, oh, by the way, uh, which would put them you – know, and, and, you know, listen, I've always loved to have the bye week later on in the season. I was actually going to ask you about
1: that. The bye week that early? Yeah. It's, yeah. It makes me uncomfortable. Yes, um, because,
3: I mean, then you have a gauntlet, uh, uh, you know. And actually, th- coming out of the bye week, I've always preferred the bye week later on, especially for the veterans. But coming out of the bye week, it's almost like two more bye weeks because, Pit- you know, Pittsburgh's always going to be competitive, but then they play the Texans, who should also be more competitive. But I don't see the Steelers or the Texans – as playoff teams. So at least coming out of the bye week, I I mean, I see two quick, and I'll even throw, then they they got Washington coming up again at home. I see them winning all three of those games coming out of the bye week.
1: Agreed, yeah. Um, Which would put them at what, 7-2 and now? Yeah, yep, that would put them secure because you go into the bye 4-2, and losing to Arizona and Washington, then you come out of the bye with, yep, that's 7-2, and Pittsburgh, Houston, Washington, because, you know, I have them beating Washington uh, at home, Houston. We have Houston on the road. Um, that's that's an that's an interesting game as well. I'm not saying Houston is that good, but you're on the road. You don't want to get too caught up in the matters. Go in and get the job done and get out there. You know what I mean. You don't want to. It's certain teams you don't want them. You don't want to allow them to hang around. You know when you have them when you have your foot on their neck, you have to you, you have to kill that demon. You know you don't want that to come back and bite you in your sleep. So yeah, uh, I anticipate um, victories in Pitt, um, you know beating Pittsburgh, Houston, Washington. Pittsburgh's going to play us tough, like you said. Um, that defense is still what it is, but their offensive line is horrendous. And I think, and I and I think we harass whoever that quarterback is—Kenny Ken, uh, Pickett, uh, Mitch Trubisky. Um, rest in peace to Dwayne Haskins. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's something to keep an eye out for. But overall, um, yeah, I anticipate three wins: Week Eight, Week Nine, Week Ten against Pittsburgh, Houston, and Washington. Now, this is where things get tricky. Week Eleven. If I'm being honest with you. I have us losing in Indy on the road. And even beyond that, I have us losing to Green Bay at home. I think we suffer our first two-game loser streak at that moment. Um, I think we get fat over those first – I think we get fat out of the bye week off those three wins, and then we get humbled in Indy, and we get humbled by Green Bay. What do you think?
3: No, I have two L's on paper because I mean, that's what we're doing. We're looking at it on paper and those people, right. Right. And those yeah. are two rosters that you got to say, as we sit here today, uh, not only do both of those teams have a better quarterback, you can argue they might have equal uh, talent throughout their roster, especially the Colts. I mean, the Colts are maybe the equivalent of what the Eagles are in the AFC like I, I mean, the, the year that Andrew Luck had to suddenly retire, I had the Colts pegged for the Super Bowl that year. And wow. then it's just been a kind of a QB carousel, uh, you know, over the last several years trying to get it right. Is Matt Ryan now the guy? That remains to be seen. I think he can be. Uh, you know, he might have lost a few miles per hour off of the fastball, but we've talked about the the, the presidential uh, presence that he brings to that organization and I do think he might be a slight step above a Phillip Rivers at, at this stage of his career, when Rivers went to the Colts. So yeah. I like I like Indianapolis. I think they're a dark horse in the AFC. I mean, you talked about the the gauntlet of quarterbacks, especially in the AFC West. I think the Colts win that division there uh, in, in the South, and um, then you mentioned uh, who the, the Green Bay Packers again. Uh, that defense, man. That uh, defense just mentioned. Yeah, and, you know, the, I think the matchup to keep an eye on here is going to be Bradbury versus Lazard. Interesting. Uh, two, two, yeah, two, two big-bodied guys. Uh You know, Lazard is – to me, if you're a fantasy football player out there, man, I want some of that Alan Lazard timeshare because this guy had, what, eight touchdowns a year ago as a, the number two or number three I, we, I mean, does anybody know who's going to be the number one receiver on the pack? I don't think anybody knows for sure. My money on know, Lazard. Sammy Watkins, maybe I don't know. Like, not uh, even. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I'll put my money on Lazard. In fact, uh yeah. I think uh Rogers had a funny quote the other day going from oh, Hall, of Famer, yeah, a Hall of Famer. <laughs> but, uh,
1: yeah, that's all. But yeah, because uh, was it uh, Devontae? Uh, <laughs> Devontae over at uh, oak um, over in Las Vegas. He yeah, over from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, but. Well, Derek Carr, that was that was comedy, by the way. But <laughs>
3: yeah. and then we can't forget about Christian Watson, this uh rookie out of North Dakota yeah, State. I, I, I liked him. I liked yeah, him. I mean, he might be a one trick pony, which is straight line speed, but we talked about it on Wednesday. So you can't can't teach speed, and uh that's a nice trick to have up your sleeve. I, I think that could lead to some big plays. He might not be a consistent name you hear like on a weekend, week, week up. Basis in Green Bay, but I think Christian Watson makes some big, big time plays this year.
1: Yeah, he's a big body man, and um, you know if he can if he can get polished as a route runner, Christian Watson can be dangerous, very dangerous. A big body, a guy like uh, Aaron Rodgers who's going who's he's going to find you? He finds you no matter how big you are, but he's going to find you, and he's going to love. He's going to throw those back shoulder throws to Christian Watson. He's going to be he's going to get him every single time. Um, you know, let's you know let's take it a step further. So right now we have the Eagles at what is that seven and four? I believe it is. A seven. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that's seven and four. Let me count those losses. One, two. Yep, yeah, seven and four. four. Okay, so seven and four with Tennessee. Uh, now Tennessee, I think that's a win. We're at home. They've lost AJ Brown. They've lost Julio Jones. If I'm, this may be a hot take. I think Derek. I, I think we start to see the deterioration of the running back, Derrick Henry now i don't and this is why i say this he's been an iron man for the majority of his career and last season we saw the chink in the armor he has been the he has been the the engine of that offense for the past few years and the reason i think we start to see the the deterioration because they lost agent brown they lost julio jones they have this rookie in cheerline burks they're going to put a lot of pressure on their offense is going to run through derrick henry that's just an absolute fact and they're going to run him to the ground if you ask me and based off when we play them week 13, who knows if he'll even be available. So that's, that's, that's my temperament. And, uh, in, in that regard, um, I have us beating Tennessee. Um, so I, so that puts us at eight and four. I have us beating New York, and Chicago. So that's, uh, t- uh, 10 and four right there. Um, what's your should thoughts on all that. I, I agree with
3: the three W's in a row there. Uh, in terms of Derrick Henry, it's interesting because you can go back to, uh, uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, who, who, Jamal Lewis, um, uh, who, who's the other one? I mean, after you run CJ2K, I mean, all these guys that ran for 2000 yards, they, they never seem to, they, they, they seem to, uh, not have much gas left in the tank after that. They're, they're all their careers took a downward spiral and I'm not sure that, uh, coming off that injury i don't want to i don't want to say that it's the start of his downfall but to your point yeah they're a lot more one-dimensional they don't have those wide receivers anymore and so and Tannehill took a step backwards i mean he was not the ryan Tannehill that we saw the previous two years and so I, i you know i hate to say it but yeah henry they're gonna they're gonna stack the box against that team and Try to let Ryan Tannehill beat you. By the way, Traylon Burks, uh, who failed his conditioning test and blamed it on asthma. (laughs) Come on, bro. Um, (laughs) Like, you've had asthma your whole life. All of a sudden, it's an issue. Uh, To me, Kenny Phillips, that fourth-round pick out of UCLA, you know, I said this come draft time. I got another hot take for you. Kenny Phillips is the best rookie wide receiver on that Tennessee Titans squad, Not, not Traylon Burks. Kenny Phillips, arguably the best route runner, uh, coming out of this year's draft. In fact, uh, I studied all of his film, and even at the East-West Shrine Bowl, this was the most unguardable wide receiver. And it's all about footwork. You, you know, if you look at Hunter Renfro, nobody expected that, right? Just remember, Kenny Phillips. It, that's a name to keep a lookout for. But I agree with you. I think they catch they catch W's against Tennessee, the G-men on the road up up I ninety five. And at Chicago on the road, just because at that point, and I'm I like I like the flashes I saw from Justin Fields, but by week 15, uh, he's either going to be battered and bruised and busted up, or his confidence level is going to be so shot from running for his life because that O line talk about an atrocious offensive line. You need a, a, a team that might want to trade for Dillard, uh, Chicago Bears might be wanting to make a phone call there. So I agree with you, I think after the two. Back to back losses, they rally it rally it up and, and rattle off three three W's.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, um we're almost running out of time here on the show. Let's just try to get through this really quickly. Uh week 16, 17, and 18. Um, I have that I have us losing to Dallas on Christmas on Christmas Eve. I have us um beating New Orleans at home because we just seem to have their number right now. Uh well Jalen Hurts seem to have their number right now. Um and then we beat the g men in week eighteen. Um that, that, that's that's my call. Lose, win, win. We finish the season twelve and five. Um, you know, what's your thoughts on that? I think
3: that the the Saints is the one game I go back and forth on. Where uh, again, I think that's it's a coin toss. Understandable tossing, too, understand. right? Yeah, I think that can go either way. And I think I think they lose at Dallas. I think they sweep the G Men, and that New Orleans game. I think if they do lose it, they could see them on, on the come around in the playoffs.
1: And I think ah. that's when they beat that's the they Saints. Get them. That's where they get them. Okay, I'll I take think, the. I, you know, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. We're, we're take rubbing that. the crystal balls over here looking into the future. <laughs> <you know? laughs> most definitely, most definitely. Hey, you guys, we're going to take our final break of the show, and I'm going to try my best to do my one and only Jody Mac impression. We're going to put a bow on the show, you guys. Keep the lock, <laughs> and don't change that dial. You're tuned in to Birds 365. He's Rick Savertele. I'm Tony to a 2nd Let's get it.
5: Go for the pulse
1: Desilva II, the producer behind Jacob Sports, and also host of Chalk It Sports, where no matter if we win or if we lose, we just got charged to charge the game. And Rick Savatella is always giving you that football knowledge, that football mantra, and the uh, NFL Draft Bible. Man, Rick, you know it's been a great show, and you know I I, I, couldn't, I couldn't think of anybody better to do it. Man, I appreciate you for making it easy.
3: Hey, man, it's a preview of uh, what's to come with the Playbook Show. I know. Uh... You're going to be behind the glass or the virtual green room producing my show as well. But I definitely, you know, I already told Xander, man, we need, we need to get tone and microphone. Cause he's going to be a big part of my show. We're going to incorporate him into the, to I the daily that. chatter, man. And uh, no buckle up, man. I, you know, I don't know if Joey's going to drag me off of the, the beach of the Jersey shore here and cut my, my summer vacation early again. I don't know if I'll be back before then, but August 29th. In fact, a month from today, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate all the uh, the hospitality and the hate in the chat room. Big shout out to all the chat room peeps, and uh, appreciate all the love. Uh, you guys too have a great weekend over there, and and thank you for tuning in for the show. And great job out of our uh, our uh, versatile tone. The, the producer jumping in the hot seat <laughs> today, man. Great job out of you.
1: Hey, I appreciate that, man. You know what? I I try to enter everything I do, you know, with with gratitude and ultimately just, you know, trying to be myself. Right. And, uh, you know, I got to give, I, I got to give credit to, you know, uh, you know, people that supported me, uh, you know, obviously family, friends, loved ones, my wife, but also got to give credit to guys like Xander Cross, Joe Krauss for, you know, putting that battery in my back and just continuing to, uh, you know, motivate me and, uh, push me forward and challenge me more than anything, you know, um, shout out to guys like John McMullen and Jody Mack from, you know, the originals, the OGs on Berge 365. Those guys are great as well. Shout out to, the Sports Take Team, Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Bear Brooks, uh, Dan Cilio at the National Football Show. Uh, also, shout out to our Jacob Sports uh, post-game team as well. Mm. Uh, you know, Seth Joyner, Devin Caney, uh, Mike Missanelli, and uh, Derek Gunn. You guys do not want to miss that as well. That's going to be one of the biggest shows of the NFL season also. At the Ocean to, Casino, by the way. At the, at the, shout at out the to Ocean o- Casino. Yeah, big shout like, out, how, yeah. Like, like, let's be honest. Like, how many... How many people can say that they can place their sports bets, watch the game, and also be live in person at a live post-game show? How many how how many people can actually say that's you know that's a vibe they're going to be on, man? Also, I want to give a shout out to our social media and graphics guy, James McKeith, man. He does a great job. I awesome. saw
3: him hanging out in the chat room. Absolutely. James yeah. does yeah. a
1: great job, man. Yeah. Shout James out to James, man. Great, James yeah. is James has a great job, you know, handling our social media, uh, handling our, our graphics. James is one of one, man. Uh really appreciate that guy as well. Shout out to our partners, Ocean Casino Resort, Atlantic City, uh, IBW98, I- First Trust Bank, United Healthcare, 6ABC, Stateside, Herbocrat Vodka. Um, also, shout out to Major League Moving. Uh, you know, there's so many there's so many people who want to get close to Jacob Sports and rightfully so. You know, this is you know, this is growing fast and you guys should want to be along for this ride. You know, this is this, this is something that we can't make up. We can't fabricate. You know, you know, you don't want to alienate. You don't want to alienate yourself away from what's going on here. Be on the right side of history. OK, because look, when the price goes up, the price goes up. It ain't coming down. You guys, I'm telling you, I mean, what I say and I say what I mean. But Rick, any final thoughts before we close the show out?
3: No, just, hey, uh, big shout out to all the fans who tune into the show. As you mentioned, Jacob Media is a growing entity. Uh, I, I've been watching the, the wildfire as you guys have been making waves. And <laughs> you know, the, the Derek Gunn story, man, is still still living on <laughs> and playing a, a life here in the media's role. But, uh, no, it's been a big, big uh, two hours. I mean, time flies when you're hanging with Tone, man. So kudos. Shout out. all the good folks uh like like i said joe kraus Andrew kraus all the good folks behind birds 365 and power to the people man the chat room is is what makes this thing go so i'm looking forward to getting live getting
1: interactive and getting it on man next month absolutely and you guys we appreciate it it's all love make sure you guys check out the nfl draft bible on rick severtell's twitter the links are available in everything he's connected to make sure you guys like comment and subscribe and especially if you're watching this after the fact we didn't forget about you guys either make sure you guys smash that like button comment below hit that subscription button if you're new hit the notification bell so you know every time jacob sports drops some content and i'll leave it at that he's rick saratella i'm tone to show the second you guys will like it on burge 365 via jacob sports one love stay humble stay healthy and most importantly stay hungry and we're out of here
0: You've been listening to Birds 365 on Birds 365.
7: Save big money now on new siding from LP SmartSide at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding.